Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Talk Recorded live. All right, all right, all right. Sorry for the two-minute delay. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. We are live. This is Compton Politics. Oh, man, this is great money. This is the last day of the month. Next month is a brand-new month. We are now into the eighth month of the year. We are down to, man, one-third, two-thirds. We're down to one more third of the year of four months. A lot of things have been going on around the country, around the nation. Um, this is T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. We live. We have a wonderful guest. This guest, uh, I'm really delighted for having him on my show tonight. I'm going to get straight to the punch. I ain't going to be wasting no time. Um, this guy, he's actually making history. Um, he's a young entrepreneur brother that's just making change, making a difference on the other side of um, the world. You know, I'm on the West Coast. He's on the East Coast. And I appreciate the work that he's putting out there. And he's making big change. Uh, I'm going to just speak on some history about some things that I do know. Like in California, I think I was speaking on the first ever African-American councilman in Torrance, California. Uh, And it's it's an honor to have John A. Minor on my show tonight because he's going through the same thing, making history, you know, we we know about Martin Luther King, we know about Malcolm X, we know about all these other world leaders that we celebrate their lives. And now today we have people that's going through the same struggle in 2017 that's trying to make history and trying to get in position to be able to help and, and to evaluate situations to make them better. Um, Mr. Mine, John A. Minor, are you on the line? Yes, sir, I'm here. How are you? I'm fine. It's blessed for you on my show tonight. Uh, I want to get just straight to the punch because it's so important that we need to start off with what you're doing because, like I said, you're making history on what you do from what my sister Williams told me, you know, Pastor Williams told me, you know what I mean? She just let me know how you're making history, and it's the first time ever um, a man of color has been able to run for office in this town, you know, which this is something that goes on all across the nation, even across the world on election day and who needs to be in the right position at the right time. And, you know, life is about timing. So what my show is about is about letting you be able to advertise yourself, uh, you your own voice, but we, it's just the the, uh, the machine that lets you work on that. You do your own advertising marketing. You can talk about what you want tonight. I have questions. Somebody might call in. They might have questions, but this is an open forum call. This is Compton Politics Talk Radio. This is T25CL. Dot com Galaxy Talk Radio. This is actually a 24-hour radio station worldwide. Um, we have a movie that's out called United We Stand Online. You can check that out. We also deal with independent artists, independent movies. It's just like Pandora, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and all these other digital mechanisms that they have out here. And this is, actually is a black-owned company to just let it be known. Uh, we're hitting the worldwide, so maybe maybe two to three hundred countries. I know because people be able to come back and get this interview and utilize it for themselves. So you'll be able to come back, once the minor, and take this interview and actually use it on your campaign. 
You know what I'm saying? So people can actually hear your interview from now on after this show. And that's what the whole thing helps about this for. So can you let the people know who you are, you know, what's your passion, what's your purpose, what's your mission? Just let the people know this is your opportunity to let the world know who you are, man, because people need to know that you're actually you're going to make sure you're going to be elected to because it's time for change. You know what I'm saying? That it is. That it is. Well, I do want to thank you first and foremost for having me on your show today and for those who are listening. I want to thank you for uh, taking this opportunity to share your platform with me. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I do I do need to quickly just um, just speak on something. Uh, we We are... In the city of Fayetteville, there is um, there is another African American who is currently sitting on the city council um, okay. here in Fayetteville. Um, but we are we are moving uh, where we're trying to make history is by mobilizing the young people in this city called Fayetteville. A little bit about myself: I am John Minor. Most people know me as Archbishop John Minor. I am a fully vested uh, Archbishop. Uh, I've been pastoring now for about 20 years, preaching for 30 years. Uh, I'm the father of five and a, the single father of the two smallest ones, ages eight and six. Um, I'm also the CEO of an organization known as Impact International. And what we do at Impact International is we provide programs into inner city communities that are free and that are necessary. A lot of times programs are put into the communities that nobody really needs. I tell people all the time, every child in the inner city of color does not want to be a basketball star. They don't want to play football. But when you go into the neighborhoods, you primarily see basketball courts. So take programs that are needed uh, and place them in those communities um, free of charge through partnerships that we build and relationships that we build with other businesses and organizations in the community. I'm also uh, Army retired. I retired from the United States Army in 2011 after coming back from a deployment overseas, got injured and came back to North Carolina. I'm originally from New York City, but I've been here in North Carolina since 2008. I served in the United States Army from 1996 to 2011. Had a break of service in there for about four years. Um, and then came back into the military and then was injured and retired out in 2011. Uh, but we are, as you said, we are running for city council here in the great city of Fayetteville, also known as the All-American City of Fayetteville. It's an amazing place to live. I moved here, as I said, in 2008 with the military and just found it to be the place that I wanted to stay. I saw that there were some needs and some things that I could put my hands to do here in this city and immediately went to work doing those things, partnering with the city and different uh, entities throughout the city, working with them um, and, and trying to implement programs that would better the lives of the people in the city. Um, and and this, has, this race for city council has just started. Uh, the official filing uh, started on the 7th of July and ended on the 21st of July. And so we're just in the beginning phases of this campaign and ramping it up so that we can move forward to the general election that will take place on November 7th here in Fayetteville. And in cities across the country, they'll be having those local municipal uh, elections uh, coming.
coming up in November. So we're excited. We are excited about this campaign and what it is that we are doing uh, in in Fayetteville. I tell people all the time, this is not uh, just a campaign, but this is an actual movement. This campaign has become a movement. Uh, we're a local campaign, but we've become a national movement. People are calling us from around the country uh, who are saying, listen, you know, I, I, I aspire to be on the city council. I want to run for elected office. And I the fact that you're running for elected office has motivated me to get out there and to do it too. And, and I encourage people like that who have that passion and that fire, that, that ambition to do that, to let your voice be heard. Get out there and run. Uh, only thing they can do is either run from you or chase you. Uh, but but run, do what you have to do, let your voice be heard in your local community, uh, on the state level, on the national level. Um, yeah, do it. So we're, we're excited about what's going on here in Fayetteville. Wow, that's wonderful, man. That sounds, that sounds so powerful. And this new, kind of you're taking this stuff to the galaxy with a new movement. Um, and that's what we need to hear, new things that's developing in different countries on different spectres all around the world, you know. This is exciting hearing this because this is what I do out here in California around the nation myself, around empowering communities, empowering youth. Because, like I say, half of the world is 25 years and under. And if we don't start recognizing that, um, we're going to lose out. We're going to lose out because we have to start empowering the ones that's next in line. You know, like I was speaking today, it's like I'm the one in the middle. I'm 52 years old. But I have, to, I have the elders that's older than me, and I have the youngsters that's under me. And I'm in the middle. So some way, somehow, I have to do my part and bring the young school and the old school together and make it the pro school. Exactly. And that's what's got to happen, you know. And I, and, I, and I like what you were saying about how there's so many people that like, it's like the ripple effect. It's like from your action, there's a reaction. From that action, reaction, so many people are going to have a reactive behavior because they want to be involved in yeah. something you know, a lot of people are just sitting at home right now wondering, how can they help? They're not the people yeah. that get out and go do the work. You feel what I'm saying? So it's another way they can help. They can donate money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You might have somebody that might not want to be around the people. You know, I, I ran into different dynamics of people that think they can't help in the community because they don't sit out there and load a, unload a turkey truck and give out Thanksgiving, for, you know, turkeys for Thanksgiving or uh they don't want to go serve uh, um, Christmas trees to homeless families, but you can. It's different positions that you can do from just sitting at home volunteering. You can make yeah. phone calls. You exactly. know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So it's, getting, it's, getting involved. Right. Yeah. Right. Getting so involved really, in in your local community and doing those things that need to get done. And like you said, you may not. You may not be the person that wants to be out in the forefront, but everybody that's in the front needs a whole bunch of people in the background that are working behind the scenes. You know, I I often tell my staff, my staff makes me look good. You know, people look at me and say, oh, you're you're this and you're that. I said, no, it's the people behind me that you don't see that's making me look good because I'm not the one that's doing all of the intricate stuff. It's the staff back there that's keeping me on point. And, you know, we look at, our national political leaders and just leaders in general, church leaders. Uh, Bishop T.D. Jake said one time, he said, most people see his name and his face on all the packaging, and they give him all the credit for but what they don't see is the guy up in the sound booth who's making sure that those CDs are coming out clear and making sure that the packaging is right and making sure that it's shipped on time. They don't see 
see, but there's a whole lot of intricate parts. And so you may not want to be the person in the forefront or at the front of it. You may not want the front seat, but the person in the back row is just as important and even more so important than the person on the front row. Uh, and that and that's the whole dynamics of you know like you say community is different layers of like you say you got the city council then you have the uh, chamber of commerce then you have the the community of the council from the community and everybody has to partner up in in different levels you know and people just think it's just y'all alone no y'all have committee y'all have a committee up under y'all you know what I mean yeah. you have a committee up you have a committee over y'all you also have a core team that just sit down before anybody even sit down to talk about anything you know and those are things that people need to know about what is the protocol of you like how did you become the first, what was the first step that you had to take from what like you say, you was, I'm listening to your story, you so you were there in 2008. How were you able to create this movement from just being this guy that was in the service? And now, this is not, this is not even your hometown, right? No, not at all. You know what I mean? I'm so originally from New York City. Right, so the dynamics of how you're able to go somewhere else and, 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 and make a difference, not just in the community, in people. Yeah. That it takes a special right. person to do that. How did you? How was you able to bring those type of type of dynamics? Well, you could have went back to New York City to help. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you said something. Um, you used the word that I love to use all the time, and I teach this as I travel. I travel uh, around the country teaching on purpose. I teach a series called Purposeology, and and it's the art of 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 uh, it's the study of your purpose. And so the way I was able to do it here was by understanding my purpose and understanding that my purpose was not confined to a geographical location. Wherever I went, my purpose was with me. And so when I was in New York City, I was involved in things. Even as a child, I would patrol the, the stairways of the projects where I lived at. And while the Tenants Association was meeting downstairs, I would gather a group of young kids, and we would go from the 21st floor all the way down to the first floor and make sure that no one was in the stairways using drugs or hanging out in the hallways where they weren't supposed to be. And, and you know, that, that passion was there. I understood that, that my purpose was to make a difference. My purpose was to serve humanity. I tell people this all the time, you know, when they think about preachers, we serve God through our service to humanity. So as we serve humanity, we serve God. And so I took that same passion that I had when I was a child, and I got to Fayetteville. Now, when I got to Fayetteville, I was injured. I came to Fayetteville as a wounded soldier. I, I, didn't, I didn't walk into Fayetteville. I came in on a stretcher. I, I flew in on a C-130 that was filled with wounded soldiers who had been injured either in combat or in combat operations or, or in a combat theater environment. And when I got to Fayetteville, my assignment in the military was to heal. But there was something in me that said, you can't just sit here and there's things around. As I got out into the city, I began to see homeless and I began to see uh, the signs of poverty and different things like that. And I said, there has to be a way for me to get involved. I can't just sit here and absorb the resources of this city and not give back to the city. So one of the first things that I did when I got to Fayetteville was I reached out to um, another African-American that was on the city council. Um, and I called her, and I, I spoke to her, and I invited her uh, to come and meet with me. And she came to, to meet with me. And one of the first things I asked her was, how can I help you? How can I serve in this city? I, I, I asked her about the poverty in the city and, and why do I see so many homeless people around the city of Fayetteville. And, when, and 
based on her answers, I began to put together a plan and a team. And we began to try to tackle those things. We went after things like prostitution and drugs, and we didn't really care what it was. If it was adversely affecting the people in the city where I lived and where we lived, we were going after it. And, you know, but as I said, that purpose, that passion, it doesn't, it, it, it's not bound to a geological uh location. It follows you wherever you go. So what's in you to do, wherever you are, you're going to do it. One of the reasons why a lot of times people don't get involved is because they don't understand their purpose. They don't understand what value they bring to it. Um, You know, in Fayetteville right now, I'm running for city council in District 8. District 8 is one of the largest districts in Fayetteville. The last time there was a city council election, the the incumbent who I'm running against now, he won, but he only got about 1,100 votes. Out of of more than 10,000 people in the district, only 1,100 people actually went out and voted, and most of them were of the age demographic of 50 and above. And so... What happened to the rest of them? Where's the 49s and belows? Where's the young people that, that, ha- that are registered to vote? They don't see their value in the system. And so when I'm talking to young people and I'm talking to people in the community, I have to constantly remind them and let them know that contrary to what the police say, you do not have the right to remain silent. Anything you do not say is what will be used against you. As long as you don't open your mouth and become a part of the process and not just the problem, then, then, then that stuff will be held against you. You can't complain about what you never addressed. And so I'm, I'm constantly pressing on people to do that. And so that's what got me uh, where I got here to Fayetteville and said, hey, let me roll up my sleeves and jump in this thing because – as I said, it was something that was already in me, and I understood what my purpose was. I, I, I took the time to sit back and figure out my purpose. What is my assignment in life? What am I here to do? And when I realized that I was here to affect change in the lives of the people around me, once I got to Fayetteville, even though I was hurting, even though I had broken my, my spine, even though I had just started walking again, even though I was, I was in pain and going through the process in the military, I found things to put my hands to to do to make this city a better place for not just me but for all the residents that live here. Wow. Can you, is there anything you would want to tell someone that's at the beginning of the road of wanting to help the community? What is it that you can tell them? You know, because there's a lot of people right now that's just going to be listening to this interview. They're going to be wondering, like I said, I want to people every day, and they ask me, what can I do with you? What are you doing? What kind of events are you doing? And it's like, I mean, the first thing I ask them, what is your passion? What is your purpose, and what do you like to do? It's not about if you're a rapper, uh, a policeman, uh, uh, anything. It's about... After the work, what do you do after work? You know yeah. what I mean? What yeah. do you do? We know you can rap. We know you can write a song. But what do you do in the community? What do you do off the record when you're at home and there's nothing to do? You yeah. know, a lot, of people don't, a lot of people cannot answer that. Could you give somebody some enlightenment on what they can do from the beginning on how to start? You can start so small. I'd like to get your perspective on that. The first thing to do, if if you're – out there and you're interested in getting involved and you're you're sitting there, you're scratching your head saying, what can I do? I want to do something. What can I do and how do I start? First step is to make up your mind that you're going to do something. That's 
the first step because where your mind is, the rest of you is going to follow. You have to make up in your mind that I'm going to do something, and then you have to find that which you are passionate about and do that. Don't just go out and just do anything just to say I'm doing something. You know, that's where we, when we talk about purpose, that's where we, we, we begin to mistake purpose with passion. I may have a passion to do something, but it's not my purpose. Because purpose, number one, purpose comes with natural proclivity. Purpose is natural to you. It's like a woman who has a child. Her, it is natural for her when it is time to feed the child that her breasts will swell and fill up with milk because it knows that that child is ready to eat. That two to three hour period has ended and the body is now reproducing milk so that that child can eat. That That's natural proclivity. Number two, purpose comes with ease of implementation. So when it is your purpose to do something, once you've set your mind that I, I got to do something, and once you, once you realize, once you focus on not, what's, not just what's your passion, but what is your purpose, it comes with ease of implementation. It's not hard for you to do. You know, when we, when we see things and it's such a hard struggle to get out there and do it, it's usually not purpose. It can be passion, but it is not purpose. So those who want to get out there and, uh, get involved in the process. Get involved in the process. Get out. Make up in your mind, I'm going to get up off this couch. I'm going to get up out of this bed. You know, study your community. Know what's going on in your community. Know what's going on around you. Speak to the people around you. Find out from them where they are in life. Find that drive in you that connects to the issues that are going on and work it. But you got to make up in your mind that you're going to do something. If you don't make up in your mind that you're going to do something, you'll sit on the couch forever trying to figure out what you're going to do. And that's for sure. And that's for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Compton Politics. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. We live on P25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. We are the world. Uh, I have somebody have a question they want to ask. Let me go to the guest right now. Like I said, I'm not going to hold up anybody. Hello, this is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. You have a question for our guest. Who is this on the line? Well, you, I can see you calling from East North Carolina. Hi, Lorenzo. This is Dr. Septima. How are you tonight? Hello, how are you? Thank you for calling in. I am great. Hi, hi, Pastor Jay. How are you? How are you? How are you? Good to hear your voice. Good to hear your voice. I've been tuning in, and you know I'm excited. I'm excited. I met you some years ago. I think we was on the studio uh, at a broadcast. We was doing a praise on and we connected. Um, and, I, and I knew your background with the military, and I shown up, you know, you as a man of God. And, um, and I remember, I think you and I briefly talking a couple years ago about you might run it from office. I think we were just kidding about it, but we were just talking about it, not knowing that it was prosthetically. I don't know if you remember that. But we I do. We were just chatting about, you know, you running from full office and look what God did. But my question is, is you're a man of the cloth. I'm a woman of the cloth. And, uh, and I know you can't separate um, uh, your walk as a man of God. And I know politics and running for office, I know there's a thin line sometimes between <laughs> religion and politics. Now, my question is to you is, how are you able to balance yourself in, in both arenas? You know, you've been a man of God and now you're running for office, how are you able to incorporate uh, uh, your, your values as a Christian into your campaign? Well, when you, when you talk about balancing, the way you balance it is on the Word of God. 
Yeah. I made up in my mind when I when when the Lord told me to run, and I made up in my mind that I was going to be obedient and do it. I said to my team, I said, one thing I will not do is I will not allow this campaign to change who I am. I will not do it. I said, and number two, I will not get into a smear campaign. I'm not going to get into the nasty and talking about your mama and all the rest of that stuff. And here's why. Because when this campaign is over, Archbishop Minor still has to minister to the people in this city. And so if I lose my witness during this campaign, when it's all over, the people can no longer receive from me. And so I have to make sure that I stay in that place where I stay in God's good grace um, and stay rooted and centered on his word, centered on his word. The way I, I, I don't really believe in the separation of church and state in the sense that, as some people say, well, there's no place for the church in state business. Well, yes, there is. Because the state, the government, cannot legislate morality. They right. don't have the capacity to do so. That's not what mm-hmm. they do. They legislate laws. The church legislates morality. And yeah. so, but when you look at it, the, the, the affairs of the government, especially if you look at our national, uh, our national politics right now, I mean, it's nasty what's going on. It, yeah. it, the rhetoric that's going on, the national level is horrible. That's because there is no moral compass that is guiding the conversation. See, when you have that moral compass, that there is one that is dwelling on the inside of you that is checking you as you go. Now, many people get nervous when you say, you know, um, well, you're a preacher running for public office, so you're going to try to turn everything into the church. No, that's not it at all, because the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So my job as, you know, running for city council and, and when elected to city council, my job is not to convert everybody in the city to be a believer. That's not my job. My job is to advocate for the rights, the needs, and the the resources and issues that affect everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody. Uh, black, white, LGBTQ, it doesn't matter who it is. We have a moral responsibility. Now, I know the church will go crazy when they hear me say, you mean you're going to protect LGBTQ people? We have to as the church because here's the thing. The Bible does not give us a green light to discriminate against people. Now, yes, God, God, you know, we understand what the Bible says, and I stand on the word of God. But at the end of the day, we are here to serve humanity. The Bible says this, let your light so shine that men will see your good works and then glorify your father. And so when they see your good works, you know, that's what brings God glory. And so to, 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 you know, to answer that question, when dealing with politics, that moral compass, that faith that I have is what keeps me. I mean, just recently, my, my opponent has been coming, I mean, been coming at me sideways. Yeah. I done been called an Uncle Tom. Yeah. Uh, I done I been called a whole lot of stuff. I posted a video of me uh, preaching yesterday at a service, and uh, my opponent went on there and ridiculed the video and, and said some crazy stuff. And, you know, I wanted at one point to respond. But the moral compass in me that's called Holy Spirit, he said, don't you say a word. Yes. Why? Because he he is the he 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 is the umpire. Yes. 
And when you have people that, that have that moral compass, that are centered, that, that have that, that guiding principle, that guiding light, you, you get away from a lot of what we see on the national and even on the state and even in local races. You get, out of a lot, you, get, you get a lot of that stuff out of the way. Now you can really focus on the needs of the people because you're not busy fighting against each other. This is why things don't get done because we fight more against each other than we fight for the people. And, and I, noticed, so, I, I noticed that even with, you know, some of the, uh, uh, and I like the way you say that you're able to, you're able to represent who you are as a man of God. I have watched, you know, I'm into politics, and I've watched a lot of my co-laborers enter into the political realm, and they've forgotten who they are. They've forgotten mm-hmm. the man of God. They've forgotten the word of God. They've forgotten to pray, and they become, they become like the system that they're, they're trying to change. And so yeah, it changes and, them. Right, it changes them. And, and, and I know you elected me to be your spiritual counselor as you go through this walk. And so I think it's my job to, to, to make sure I know where you're at. You know, there is a balance. You're not going to let the system change you. You're going in by the grace of God, and you're going to allow God to change the system. Um, you got to so let I, him lead and guide you. you that's right. Yeah. That's he right. has you know. to be your lead and your guide. And for those who are trying to go into politics, and you're a believer, and I believe I spoke to you about this uh, down in Albany, Georgia. Yes. I said to you, I said, as a, as a faith leader, you need to be involved in your local community beyond the pulpit, beyond what you do on a Sunday morning, beyond what, is, what, what happens on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Pastors need to get involved. That's why we have this campaign going on called Use Your Church Voice. The church has a voice that, that is powerful, and it's not the voice that we've seen on TV of the church where you see people get out there and they're picking and they're throwing bottles and they're saying God hates you and, and you're going to burn in hell and all of this. That's not the voice of the church. The voice of the church is a voice of love. It is a voice of compassion. It is a voice of, of sympathy and empathy. It is a voice that understands that there but by the grace of God go me. So the person, my mother used to always say, be careful who you point your finger at because there's four others pointing right back at you. Right. And so the voice of the church is to speak truth to power. It's not to become super religious and spooky and, and, and dim the lights and do all the stuff that we do. No, it's to speak truth to power. Be involved in your local community. Be involved outside the pulpit. You have a voice. Use your church voice. Right, right, right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Compton Politics. We have another caller calling in from Southern California. I want to get straight to him. And I got a couple of questions that's on the motherboard. Hold on just a moment. Hello, this is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. I see you calling from Southern California. Who is this on the line? Hello, can you hear me? You're going to be silent tonight. Let me know. Hello, can you hear me? All right, well. Sometimes people get on the line and, uh, you know, just want to listen. I have a couple mm-hmm. of questions um, that's on the motherboard. Like right now in this open forum, we're going to get straight to it. Um, how does your city operate? Now, when you say how does the city operate, how do people get elected? How was you able to be elected in that position? Just, you know, even run for that, you know. I know how it's done in California. It's the same all over the country. 
Well, as long as you meet the criteria uh, that your local board of elections uh, lays out for who can run for office in that city, um, then you're able to go ahead and file for uh, office and submit your paperwork. And, and then you go through, the, there's some training that you have to go through. You have to go through a mandatory uh uh, campaign finance training so that you know how to handle the money that comes into the campaign and what you can and what you can't do. And once you've done that and you've submitted your papers to get your name on the ballot, then it, you know you, at that point you pull your team together uh, if you haven't already done so, and you begin to implement your campaign strategy. Okay. I have another question. What are the duties of a city councilman? What are actually going to be your duties, you know, because you might be able to inform somebody that why they want to be a councilman. You know, we know you're running to be a councilman. But what are your duties as being a councilman to become one? The city council operates as the legislative uh, arm of the city. The city council uh, legislates on city policies. They 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 meet. They provide uh, council uh, on issues with re- to the mayor, the city manager, but the city council, here's the number one thing that the city council does. The city council speaks for the people. That's what the city council does. The city council, if you want to put it all in a nutshell, the city council speaks for the people or should speak for the people on all matters that pertain to the city. So each city councilman has a district that he or she represents, and it is his or her job to speak the desire of that district to the city council, to the mayor, to the city manager on all matters that are presented to them. And they should vote on those matters based on uh, uh, the, the constituency that they represent and, and what is in the best interest of that constituency. Right, right, right. Okay. Like I said, this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is Compton Politics. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. This is Monday Night Live with uh, one of the best people for the job that's, you know, they're trying to make it happen out here, you know. Um, it's been a long day for me, so if you hear some tardiness in my voice because I had a long day, I've been kind of tired, but uh, I'm still going to push this show because my guests, you know, they like three hours ahead of us, so it might be, what, 8 o'clock here, but it's like 11 o'clock out there. I want to respect yeah. the time, too. Am I right with the time? Is it 11 something out there? Yeah, it's about 11.06 uh, Eastern have, time. Okay. Have anybody in your family ever run for city council? Are you the first person to ever run for the council? I know you've been in the military, and that's high-ranking stuff, but have anybody else in your family that you know that made it to be a councilman or board of supervisor or something like that? Well, there's no one in my family who has ever run for any elected office that I know of. And if it was somewhere back in my history, way back in my lineage, that's something different. But no one that I know of has ever run for any level of elected office, uh, school board, or anything else. Wow, that's in, that's, in, that's the history part. We have to find yeah. something about the history part about what you're doing. You know, you're the first person in your family that's representing, like you said, being part of an election. And like I yeah. said, in my book, you're the first, you know, that's a great thing. It's an honor just by talking to you. You know, so that's a big step that you've taken. You know what I mean? You're in a whole different climate of energy that you're in besides me in California. You know, you talking about Georgia. I mean, when you say the word Georgia and say, the, you know, just the name alone where you're saying of the city just not like that. What kind of, you know, what's the name of that city? You know what I mean? So I understand yeah. 
do you feel you have pressure on you by trying to become a councilman? Do you have a lot of pressure on you, or is it easy for you? Or do you have, you know what I mean? Which, what is your biggest challenge right now? Right now, uh, there's a here in Fayetteville, the biggest challenge is breaking through that line of complacency and, and motivating uh, the people to um, – to get out and to get involved. Now, when you ask, have I gotten a lot of pressure? The pressure is coming from those who are, some of those who are either still in elected office or have gone out of elected office trying to hold on to power. Um, Power can be contagious. Power can be addictive. And when people um, get into power, it's hard sometimes for them to let it go. My, um, the councilman that currently, the seat, uh, Ted Mon. He uh, announced in February that he was not going to run for re-election, and there was one other gentleman that was going to run for uh, city council. And then I got into the race, and then about a week before uh, the filing period closed out, uh, Ted Mon announced that he was going to run for city council, even though he had previously said he wasn't going to run. He had decided that he would run, and then the other candidate that was uh, on the on the ballot to run for city council got out and then endorsed him. And so, you know, there's that power struggle. The pressure for me is not whether or not I should do it. Um, the pressure for me really is how do I get the people to get involved in this election. A lot of the people in this city, Fayetteville, North Carolina, is an amazing place. It's a melting pot of cultures. It's home of one of the largest military installations in the world, Fort Bragg. It is a melting pot. But you, you have a large demographic that are not involved in the process. And my my pressure at this point is finding out why they're not involved, what is stopping them from being involved, and then getting them involved. Because most of the people in this area are voting only during national elections, but not realizing that it's the local election that really has the most impact on your life. Things that are voted on and dealt with and legislated on the on the national level, those things sometimes take 10, 15, 20, 50 years to trickle down to your local community before you ever experience them. But those things that are being voted on on the state and on that local level during the city council, those things affect your tomorrow. They're going to affect you immediately, so you have to be involved. And so our pressure is trying to get the people to understand that you have to get involved. You know, the city council is not there to look cute. The city council is there to represent the people. But if the people are not speaking, the city council is going to speak for itself. And that's what I see happen a lot of times on the city council. They will they will go for things and vote for things that they want, but they have not taken a consensus of the people that they represent. You know, when I see right. national polls and stuff, and, and they say, well, you know, 90% of Americans say this. I must be a part of the 10% because I never get a phone call on those polls. So, you know, that's where our pressure is coming in at this point with this campaign. We're excited about the campaign, but we're really trying to find ways to get out the vote. We need young people, uh, little brown boys and brown girls, white, brown, blue, green, doesn't matter. We need them to get out to the polls and vote in November and let their voice be heard. Yeah, so what do you think is going to be the strategy for your city, which I know – 
um, people running, you know, doing the same thing all across the nation. What's going to make your election different than any other across the nation? Well, really mobilizing the young people. That's really uh, not to get too deep into strategy and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Some of my opponents may be, may be uh, tuned in. Um, but it's really a matter of getting people involved in the process. Getting, one of the things that I'm doing um, is I'm listening, to be honest with you. I'm listening. I'm going around, I'm talking to people, and I'm listening. I'm listening to what what they're saying from their heart. What are the issues that they are experiencing on the ground? Not the things that I think should be fixed and not the things that I think, you know, I want to address. No, no. What do the What are the people dealing with? And how can I address those issues? Because that's what we do in the city council. You said you asked the question earlier, what is the role of the city council. The city council, as I said, is there. They, they, they deal with state, with uh, city ordinances and resolutions, regulations, uh, statutory duties, things like that. The city council has a responsibility. But when we don't listen to the people, then we begin to put legislation and things in place that adversely affect the people, which is why you have people who are so frustrated because no one's listening to them. So part of my strategy is really listening to the people and finding out what it is that is affecting their lives because as their representative on the city council, those are the things that I'm going to advocate and legislate for. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. You have to you know, had to hear the stories of what other people feel and what their visions are, too. You know, like I was saying, half of the world is 25 years and under. And if we don't get our act together, if these kids get smart, they know how to do damage. they smart yeah. with the computers. They know about all the computers. So that's what we lacking in as far as elders. Not that they not don't know about computers, but that's what's lacking. They don't know anything about the technology. It's like you have to educate a lot of elders about even how to use a cell phone, so that's an advantage. So we're going to have to partner up with these youths no matter what it is because a lot of them are waking up. A lot of them not doing bad. A lot of them not bad, are bad kids, you know, just make yeah. bad choices. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just learning how to come in and teach them how to make positive choices up under pressure. You know what I mean? I don't mean pressure for as somebody's pulling a gun on you. I mean pressure for as you got to pay your light bill by Friday. But you have to figure out how you're going to do it by not doing it illegally. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? What type of program is it correct go to? You said it correctly. A lot of these kids are not bad. I, I sat with our uh, current interim police chief and our former police chief, and I said the same thing to them. And they agree. A lot of these young people that are getting in trouble are not bad. Yeah, they no. make bad choices, but they're not bad. Uh, yeah. A lot of them are simply bored. They are bored because there are no resources, there are no programs and services in the communities that attract them. As I said earlier, they don't all want to play basketball. So if we put things in place that attract our young people, things, uh, someone asked me the other day at a town hall, what would you do for the youth? Well, one of the things that I would advocate for youth is that, you know, that the city partner and build relationships with organizations that provide uh, training for the youth. Just like we have the early college programs, put job training programs in the schools so that when these young people get out of high school, they walk out of the school doors and into a career field so that they don't have time to get 
board. When you but see these things come through partnerships and building relationships. That's one of the things that I do with Impact International. Everything that we do at Impact is through partnerships and relationships. We understand there's no need to try to reinvent the wheel. They are organizations and programs that are out there that have resources. But if we if we can partner with them, you know, if the city would partner with these entities and these organizations, uh, not just a select few, but there's hundreds of organizations in this city that have the resources that our communities need, and all they're looking for. A young man, a gentleman said to me at the farmers market the other day. He said, "I said, you know, how can I help you as a city councilman?" He said, "If." If the city would partner more with businesses to help us to get up on our feet because we're struggling. This is happening across the country. Businesses are struggling because the municipalities that they are operating in and operating under are not partnering with them the right way. You know, if you partner with these individuals, partner these organizations, they have the resources that the city needs to be able to facilitate the programs that keep our young men and women out of jail and out of the system and, and, and help them to become productive members of society so that they don't have the opportunity to get bored. Yes. I have a question I want to ask um, about your city. Do y'all have, like, any type of um – Youth problems like with probation. Do you have like potholes in your city problem? Because uh, you know, because I mean? those are the type of problems that we have on the west coast. I just want to find the dynamics of your issues that you have. That everybody is kind of like there's no racism because everybody's driving over the potholes. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, no yeah. black, white, Latino complaining because everybody's driving down that same road riding over that pothole. So how do you bring? people together as one whole in a community like that. I mean, is that community based on like that? Because I don't want to be stereotyped, but I'm just, you know, you figure California, palm trees, the beach, having a good time. You figure you hear the word Georgia, you figure, oh, my God. You know what I mean? I'm just like, you know, this is what some people might think. You know, I'm just putting it in the air. What is it that have the people want to come together as far as empowering people of all color, what would it take for that to really to happen in that city? Like you said, there was only 1,100 people that voted. You know, it's way more people than that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what is it that you feel you can do to empower um, empowering people of all color to come together? Here's our campaign, our campaign motto, unity through diversity together. That's how you bring people together by respecting and understanding their right to be diverse, by not trying to reciprocate and and make clones out of everybody, but allowing people to operate in their uniqueness and their diversity. When When diversity speaks, unity happens. The room that you're sitting in, I don't know what the room that you're sitting in looks like, but if that room was completely white or completely black and everything was the same color, the same shape, the same everything, there would be no there would be no pop to that room. You know, my mother was an interior designer and she you know, she'd say that room got pop to it. There would be no pop to that room. But what makes that room the room that it is, what makes you like that room, when you put your furniture in your living room, what 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 makes that living room pop is the diversity diversity of objects in there is that the sofa is one color, the night table is a different color and a different shape, the lamp is something else, the pictures and the frames are all different colors and different shapes, and the photos are different colors and different shapes. That's diversity, and what that does is it brings the entire room together. 
when we allow people to operate in that in their diversity it brings the city together that's why i said earlier fayetteville is a melting pot of cultures but you still have those in the city who don't want to see diversity who don't want to hear diversity speak they want things to stay the same way that they've always been and the only time they speak about diversity is around election time when they're trying to get elected to office then they want to reach out to this community and reach out to that community but but when you allow diversity to take place when you allow people to bring their gifts and their talents together that's how you get them involved that's how you bring them to the table by respecting their diversity and allowing them to use that diversity to bring things together. You know, our city is like any city. We got potholes in the street. I just rolled over one today. It frustrated me because it was a huge hole in the street and I did not want to tear my truck up. But we have those infrastructure issues. We we you know, I, we we're on a on a rise of violent crime in Fayetteville and trying to find ways to 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 to, to cut that off and to bring them violent crime numbers down. We have poverty in this city. We got homeless. You know, uh, I had a young lady one time that I was working with with our organization. She was 15 years old. She was living under the bridge in the wintertime with a five-month-old baby, and the baby had an ear infection. But there were no city shelters. There were no city services. There was nothing available to her. I was just looking a little while ago at the uh, city's strategic um, uh, plan for 2017, and I saw nothing in there that talked about the youth. I saw nothing in that plan that talked about the homeless. You know, we have all of these issues. We have a diverse number of issues. You know, that's why I asked yeah. that, man, because, you know, I'm just picturing, I'm looking at L.A., you know, around my area, it's over a hundred and some thousand people homeless in the streets of Los Angeles. And, I mean, you you see streets wow. of cities of homelessness. I mean, you see tents. You think you had camp in the woods, man. There's so many tents down one block, and it's just like everybody's in this one community. And this is actually a homeless community, like, you know. Um, it's sad. That's why I asked about, you know, how what, what do you feel you can fix that in before it even get larger than it is in Los Angeles? You know what I mean? Because it can grow. People that's homeless, oh, they can places. You know what I'm saying? It if can you grow. don't address it, it will it will grow if you don't address it. And that's where those partnerships comes in. We got so many wonderful nonprofit organizations here in Fayetteville that are out there daily doing the work. They're out late at that night so doing the work. But what we need to do is what, what they lack is resources a lot of time. They they lack the support that they need from from the city. And so if we can build those partnerships and relationships with them, thing, you know, and I was called an Uncle Tom the other day because I support the mayor. I don't support That's a compliment, everything. Though. That's a compliment. Yeah. That's a compliment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But one thing I love about the mayor that we have, Mayor Nat Robertson here in Fayetteville, is he reaches out to local organizations. He reaches out to the clergy. You know, he meets with the clergy once a month to talk about the issues that are going on in the city. Because we, we look at things that are going on in places like Charlotte and Ferguson and all of the, in New York City, and we don't want to be reactive. We've made up in our mind in Fayetteville that, that we're going to be proactive. We're going to deal with the issues before the issues hit our, hit, hit our shores and hit our streets. So we begin to put those things in play. But there's a large demographic in Fayetteville that's, that's been ignored, 
and um, through partnerships, you know, dealing with the homeless and feeding. I mean, the homeless in Fayetteville are not hungry. Let me say that. They are not hungry. There are so many places that they can eat. But I tell people all the time, they're not called the hungry. They're called the homeless. So we have to find ways to not just get them get them off the street and into a shelter, but find ways to partner with local businesses and local organizations to help them get you know, get their, bring their education level up. Many of our homeless have amazing skill sets. The problem is a lot of skill sets have, been, have become outdated because they've been homeless for so long, they haven't worked in so long, but they've got amazing skill sets. So partner with organizations that will help to train them to bring those skill sets up to date and get them into employment, get them into programs that help them get back to that once upon a time place in their life. Nobody woke up and said, I want to be homeless. Life happens. So we have to then step back and identify what caused this situation to take place and begin to to address those things and help. The homeless population in our cities across this country is, is a forgotten population, and I'm extremely passionate about the homeless because what most people don't know is I was homeless myself. I remember when all I had to eat was cake mixed in water. I remember laying on the mattress and the mouse nibbling on my chest. I remember sleeping on mattresses with rats and mice inside the mattress and I could feel them. I remember those things. So when I see the homeless, I don't see some distant person that has no value. I see myself. When I see right. young wow. people who are struggling and, and young people who are out there and they're, they're, you know, they're getting in trouble because they're bored and got nothing to do, I, I don't see a delinquent. I see myself. You know, I see when I'm looking at people, I'm looking at myself. I'm seeing a reflection of myself because just like them, I got a history and a testimony. And, and so my testimony oftentimes speaks back to me through other people. That's one of the things that really made me decide to run for city council was the fact so, that when I looked at the people in this city, I saw myself. So I'm running for city council because I want to I wanna help people avoid some of the pitfalls and come up out of situations that I've been in. There's a story um, that I heard a long time ago. It just it blessed me. There was a man in a hole, and he couldn't find his way out of the hole. And so uh, 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 a doctor came by, and a teacher came by, and a lawyer came by, and he asked them all for help. You know, and they'd throw him a little something to hold, but they wouldn't help him. They couldn't. They said, I don't know. I can't help you. And so his friend came by. And when his friend came by, he said, I'm down here in this hole. I've been down here all this time. I can't find my way out. Can you help me? So his friend jumped in the hole with him. And he looked at the, at his friend. He said, man, you a fool. He said, you're a fool because now we're both down in this hole. And his friend looked at him and said, yeah. But I've been here before, and I know the way out. See, that's me. I've been here before, and I know the way out. That's why I'm doing. That's why I'm putting those programs and things yep. in place and those building those Those are some both words, man. Those are some yeah, both found words that you're saying. Those are some both found words that you're saying, man. And that is so powerful that you know that you see yourself in everybody. That's like when I, oh, I yeah. was speaking to these youths, you know, when I go out and speak to these youths across the nation, and, and sometimes a lot of times um, I got some questions. Somebody asking on the motherboard, and sometimes I go out and I just really think, I'm going to go tell this you something, and when I walk away from there, I realize it was all about me learning something from them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I want to go to the, right, I want to go to the motherboard, this Lorenzo Elvis Murphy, the content politics, the T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. We have a question from guest for it that's on the line. The question to you, right, and they have three questions. I'm going to actually ask all three questions. This is important to respect the people who's listening. Okay. Um, 
It says, uh, is politics the answer to black people's problems? Wow. Right. That part. Uh, Is is politics the answer to black people's problems? Yes. Let me say this, and I hope I don't get in trouble. But the no, answer this is no. politics, man. You can say anything you want, bro. The, the answer is no. Politics, are, is, politics is not the answer to black people's problems. Black people are the answer to black people's problems. We, we are the captains of our destiny. We, 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 we stir the ship that drives our communities. We have to, you know, I, I said this before, you know, I see the, the frustration when, when, when young African Americans are shot and killed and things are happening and, and everyone goes into an uproar, goes into an uproar and an outrage, and, and that's fine. But we ought to be equally frustrated, not just when a white man kills a, a young black man or black woman. But when a young black man kills a young black man, not just when a George Zimmerman kills a Trayvon Martin, but we ought to be equally outraged when a Trayvon Martin kills a Trayvon Martin. We we are the answer. We as long as we put our as long as we hold politicians as the as the end all be all and do all, then it takes away our responsibility. Our power. To police we're we're giving up our power. Right. Yeah, we're giving up our that's power. Right. Well, we are dependent on somebody else. Then you know, that's why I say self empowerment. It's about empowering yourself, empowering people of color, really of all right. color, because we need each other. Because when it that's comes right. down to it, we are all skeletons. We all break that's down right. a skeleton. That's it. When it comes down to it, you don't know the difference of that skeleton and that. You don't know if that skeleton was black, white, pink, or yellow. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. so I have, another, so I have another question for you. Right. I have another question for you off the motherboard. What is your solution to the black poverty? and crime issues in your community? My solution to the black poverty and crime issues in the community, education. Education is is a major factor in all of this because where there is a lack of education, oftentimes that triggers that triggers so many other things where there is a lack of education. Let me give an example. If, if a person is not educated, a lot of times they cannot find the proper employment. When you can't find the right job, then you, you don't make enough money to pay your bills. When you don't make enough money to pay your bills, you, don't make, you, you, you oftentimes have to leave your home. Now you begin to, now you're homeless. You don't make enough money, you can't afford health insurance. You know, education, when we educate our people, and when I say our people, I'm not talking about people by the color of your skin. I'm talking about the people in our communities, whether they look like you or not. When we, when we focus in on educating, that's what I said earlier about building those partnerships and relationships with those organizations that provide these services and resources and making them available to the people in our communities, that helps to drive down crime. That helps to drive down poverty because when I can get a good job, I I don't fall in that bracket any longer because now I can stand on my own two feet. When I can, a lot of people, watch this, a lot of people who commit crimes, and and, and I'm going to say this, a lot of people who commit crimes are not criminals. Some people commit crimes out of desperation. 
because yeah. they don't have access to what they need. And so that criminal act was really an act of desperation. But if they had access to the things that they need, and we as a culture cannot wait for the system to give us access, we have in us the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the resources. We are a resourceful people, not just African Americans. Americans, period, are resourceful. So we have the resources in our community. We just have to make them available. And when people have access to these resources, crime goes down. Pov the poverty uh, uh, levels go down. All of these things are affected by it. So that that that's my solution. Put programs and things in the communities. Partner with these organizations and businesses, you know, that that provide these resources and services to the community. That's going to drive your poverty down. That's going to drive your crime down. Okay, I have one more question from the motherboard because I want, like I said, I want to respect the people's questions. It's going to be open forum after that. Who's ever on the line, you can speak, talk. Uh, it says, can the black man and woman get freedom, justice? Equality in America? Can the black man and woman get freedom, justice, and equality in America? Well, I'm going to answer that question in this way. Freedom, honestly, for me, is a mindset. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm free because my mind is free. You have mm. people who are, who are, who are in prison that are more free than people who are walking the streets well, that's the because truth. their mind is free. So it's a mindset. You know, when equality, uh, again, this is just me, I don't want to be equal to anybody. I'm a designer's original. I was made to stand out, not to fit in. I don't want to be equal with anybody. I want to be me and let you be you. That's where that diversity comes in. But when you, but I understand where the question is coming from. Here's the thing. If we invest in ourselves and in the system, the way you get that equality in the system, the way you, the way you get that freedom that you're talking about, the way you get those things is by getting involved. As long as you stay uninvolved in the process and in the system, you will always feel like you are bound by it. You will always feel like you're not free. You will always find yourself feeling like the system is holding you down. You have the ability to get involved. In, you may not want to get involved in politics. Politics may not be your thing. Trust me, if, you can, if, if it's not your thing, don't get involved in it because it is, it is torturous sometimes. However... Find find your niche in the system and become involved right there. Give back to your community. That's where your freedom comes. Because as you begin to pour back into your community, you begin to see the the results of what you've been pouring in. Now the Bible says that while the earth remains, there's seed, time, and harvest. So sometimes we get frustrated because we planted seed, and we we want the harvest, but we get frustrated in the place called time. So we have to understand that you plant the seed and then you give it time for you to reap the harvest. But start planting. Don't wait for anyone else to make you equal and to define for you what equality is. 
Don't don't let don't don't let anyone define for you where you should be in life and how far you should go and how far you should grow. No, that definition belongs to you. And when you write that definition, walk it out. Walk it out and live it out. That's my wow, answer. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, okay. I like those answers. Thank you, uh, guest four, for answering those questions on the motherboard. Uh, this is open forum, so if you have any more questions for the guests, we can talk. Uh, if you have anything else you want to talk about, is there anything, like how can people get in contact with you, you know, and find out who you are and you support you? You know, you might better get some national support. Oh, that would, that would definitely be awesome. Well, the way people can get in touch with, with me, uh, I, I have we have our campaign website which is johnminer.org. That's J-O-H-N-M-I-N-E-R.org. They can go to that website, find the different things that that the campaign is fighting for. They can submit uh, issues and concerns that they have. That's one of the portals that we have on the website because we want to hear from the people. They can actually donate to that website. They can also do it on Facebook. We have our Facebook page set up uh, is facebook.com slash minor for city council and when they go to that page there's information on that page about the campaign there's also a donate button there that's one of the things that we really need in this campaign is donations we need people to contribute uh, so that we can secure the supplies and things that we need to run this campaign through November 7th um, but they can get in touch with us if they want to know anything about Impact International. They can go to Impact, and Impact is spelled with an E. It's Impact, E-M-P-A-C-T, international.org. And Impact stands for Empower, Mobilize, Position, Activate, Commit, and Train. And that's what we do at Impact. So they can go to impactinternational.org, johnminer.org, or they can go to useyourchurchvoice.org. Um, and find out information there as well. Oh, and it's impactinternational.com. I always get the .orgs and .coms messed up, but they can go to impactinternational.com, johnminer.org, or useyourchurchvoice.org and find out all the information on what we're doing. As I said, this campaign is a local campaign, but it has become a national movement. Right, and that's what it's about, because what's going on in your community is going on in our community, too. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a lot of yeah. different elections, different, the same, all the issues all across America. I think one of my friends just called in, and this dude is doing some major stuff in Los Angeles. I want to really combine what we're doing out here in Los Angeles. Uh, I don't know if this is, hello, who is this on the line? Uh, this is Mark J. Uh, okay. How you doing, sir? I'm I'm blessed. Thanks for calling in, Mark. And there's a reason why I called you to call in because we have an individual that's running for city council in Georgia, in the city of Georgia. I really I don't want to misspell, mispronounce the name. If he can tell you the city, but it's, it's actually in North Carolina. We're in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. I got people out there. We can talk. We're gonna talk later about that. Um, okay. What awesome. it is, man, he has a great community, and he's he running for a city council, Mark. And I was thinking about bringing the marathon to his city. They got. He said there's a lot of nonprofits out there. They need something out there to help develop their community together. You feel what I'm saying? So, Mark is a guy that's in California, Los Angeles, and he throws a uh, community 23 mile marathon health fair. You know what I'm saying? Oh, to wow. Where he took back, you know, uh, I'll, let you, I'll let him tell it, and y'all introduce yourself, because this is what Trump and politics is about, is making connection on a national level, because we've been trying to come to other cities and bring this marathon to your city. So, Mark J., this is John Minor. He's running for city council. 
Y'all can introduce yourself. This is what Compton Politics is about. Okay. How are uh, you? I'm doing, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, thank you, Lord, for listening. Uh, thank you, sir. I could just just explain a little bit about, you know, just, you know, a quick uh, scenario about what I have gotten started and the reason why I got it started. The same thing with uh, out there in North Carolina is that we never had um, an event together as blacks and take ownership of it, and everyone basically uh, can take ownership of it. So we do a program called Community Fund Sharing that, the 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 money comes into the uh, inner city mini marathon and health us. It's like recycling back to those nonprofit organizations as part of the committee and part of the community. So this is the only inner city mini marathon and health festival throughout the United States. You know, wow. so like you obviously. Boston Marathon, the LA Marathon, Paris Marathon. This is the marathon with blacks been going through our life, and we still run in marathon because getting killed, seeing us going back to slavery and all that. And, and it's just not blacks; it's just blacks and brown. So it's it's a. Uh, hey, Mark, can you go to another area? Because I know you're over there by the airplanes and stuff. Can you go by the other area? Okay. Well, I was okay. Gonna... Yeah, that sounds much better. Okay. Okay. So that's what that is about. It's, it's, it's a marathon that we've been, uh, been going through all our life as as human race. You know, so what it is, the 23 miles, uh, 23 miles is really a, a bike tour. And the bike tour states, we just go through our community. Uh, uh, we don't leave nobody. Everybody takes off at the same time and comes back at the same time. And we make different stops throughout the community. Uh, we make stops at the uh, city council office, the uh, uh, supervisor office here, uh, Supervisor uh, Barclay Thomas here, uh, and we're trying to get them more involved in what we're doing in our community. So it's basically it's political also. So then we have a 5K walk and run, uh, five not run, 5K walk and roll, and basically uh, got people in a wheelchair, they walk in, and uh, then you got the 23 miles uh, lawnmower skateboard. All that takes place at the same time. Uh, at different scenario, but the same time. So everybody come in at the same time. While they're in the street doing what they're doing, you have the festival, the health pavilion. Uh, you got the vendors there. You can, you know, uh, all of that's going on. Why the uh, why the uh, uh, the tour coming back towards into the park? Oh. So how's that community fund sharing uh, uh, helps our community? Those organizations. Basically, they they build up their own team, just like I'm quite sure you know about the AIDS walk, the cancer walk, and usually yeah. time we building up the team, and all that money goes back towards those organizations. But oh. here it is, we raise all of that money, and no, none of that money come back to us. So wow. what we're trying to do, we trying to what I'm trying to do with the inner city mini marathon, what we try to do is we need to stop supporting that all the time because they got they got that money for that. We need to start building our own team in our own community, and they get 50% or 80% goes back towards that organization when they build up their team because they have that program too and the program. So we, we don't have to continue to um, fight for these grants, fight for these uh, uh, certain uh, uh, grants that we can't get. But so what it is is just taking ownership in our own community to, and, and building an event around us 
And when it, when I say us, we controlled everything, and what it, it become become a legend. So if we can do this in different states, in different cities. We can do it almost at the same time that we're doing it, uh, doing it here in L.A. Or we can do it monthly uh, in advance, or you know, or after ours. Okay. Well, we have um, with our Impact International, the organization that I run, we have an initiative called Impact Your Health. And Impact Your Health is a global uh, health initiative we have on our team. We have uh, uh, biochemists and and different uh, medical personnel um, who provide those uh, health resources. We do health fairs at different things, not just here in the in the states, but we do those things in other countries. We have uh, we have things going on in Nigeria. We have things going on in Nairobi, Kenya. And um, that I think that would be a, a, something great. I'd love to talk to you about how to bring uh, how to bring that apparatus here to Fayetteville. Anything that can help to build this city up, and to provide the resources, and to provide the exposure, and to provide the things that the people in this city need. I'm, I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for partnerships and building relationships, mm-hmm. and not just in the city. Because here's my thing. If I if I only focus, someone said to me the other day, well, you're running for city council for District 8. Don't worry about the other districts. Let the, let the city council for those districts focus on them. Mm-hmm. I can't do that, and here's why. Because if District 8 is doing good, but District 8 is on a rise in crime, that crime, if District 8 is good and mm-hmm. District 2 has a rise in crime, when District 2's crime is going to eventually start to spill back over into District 8, if you only you have to focus on not just the stuff that's in your house, but the stuff that's down the block from your house. Why? Because eventually what's down the block has a tendency to end up on your doorstep. And if you don't deal with it before it gets to your doorstep, you'll look up and it may be sitting on your couch. And so you have to begin to reach out and expand out and grab resources and partner with organizations. One of the things I want to do on the city council is partner um, with other cities in this region and and nationally to begin to bring programs and initiatives into the city. These are the these are the things that that we need to do to strengthen our cities and so you know I'd love to talk to you about the potential of bringing that and seeing what we would need to do to bring something like that. We have an mm-hmm. event next year uh June 30th is called Mega Impact. And what it is, it's a huge it's one day it's just a day of outreach. We're going to have people out there doing free on-site drug screenings and STD screenings, dental screenings. Uh, blood, uh, the blood bank is going to be out there. We're going to be feeding people, giving out clothes. We're going to have music. We're, we're, our anticipation is that we're going to have uh, about 20,000 people that will rotate through the event throughout the day. And so, um, you know, but the only way for us to do that event is through partnerships. And by yeah, building that has you done it before. Have you this done is that going before? to be the first one. We've done it oh, on okay. a smaller scale. We we did a, an event. Um, we partnered with another ministry here called Emerge Ministries uh, from another city, and and they came in. It was about maybe four months ago, and we came into one of the impoverished areas in the city, and we fed about twenty five hundred people. Gave out a bunch of bikes to the children. We gave out clothing. Uh-huh. I mean, we had a wonderful time with within the community. And so, Mega Impact is a is a is a larger version of that 
uh, event, that crusade that we did right there, to be able to bring those resources to the community. So I'd love to uh, link up with you and um, and and see how we can partner and and bring something like that here to the city of Fayetteville. You know, it's interesting you say that, my brother, because uh, you know I was asked to run for district eight here in in L.A. and I refused to run for that, and the reason why because. Uh, my thoughts are just like yours. I always think that if we in if we in the house, if we in these these positions, why we can't partner together and bring the community mm-hmm. much stronger? And that's yeah. why I didn't want to because it's too many cliques out here, and those cliques is basically not supporting each other district. So, and I admire you what you're doing. You know what you're speaking of about uh, doing that event like that. We've been doing this that event. What yours want to go to? This is our 14th year. What I'm wow. gonna do, I'm gonna uh, uh, give you, I'm gonna send you a video, and what we, what you can do with that, you can add on to that. You don't even have to be a make. We can add on to that, uh, uh, add on to that, and I can show you how you can do it. I can uh, walk you through the whole channels and and help you build up the committee, and show you the structure how we did, how we structure this, and therefore those community are those. Uh, Districts that you're speaking of, and those organizations, they can take it and run with it, and start building the team up for themselves, and they can start walking, and you get out more people. So I can show you how to do it, uh, how to do it. It's easy. That would be good. good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. That, I'm, I, yeah. Let me tell you one thing about me is I believe that you're never too old to to learn, and That's right. I'm always I'm always gleaning for knowledge and gleaning for information. You know, every day is a learning experience. I learn things from my children. I have five children, one that's 21, one that's 19, 18, and then I have uh, the two that are home now are eight and six. And I learn so much from the two of them. They always thinking they're learning from me, but I'm learning from them on a daily basis. Of course. And you have to you have to always be teachable. Never think you got to the place where you can't learn anything else, but be teachable. That's what my mother always said. And so I'd love to glean from you and uh, and learn from you and see how we can how we can make that happen here and how to expand it. I think that would be awesome. Of course, because I think if we can uh, merge each other together and using. The, the uh, Los Angeles, California, and merged with uh, North Carolina. I think that'll be huge because people need to see that kind of merge throughout the world yeah. and yeah. see what we've been doing here and how we merge and what we're doing here, what you're doing. And and I'm quite sure you know other folks and they're gonna want to do the same thing. Oh, what we're doing together, almost definitely. definitely. Because it's, if you look at it, uh, when it comes to a marathon, you know, you, I'm going back to the marathon. You look who's running the marathon and controlling the marathon. It's not blacks, but it's worldwide. LA LA marathon became number one in the world. It makes over a hundred million something dollars a year. You wow. know, and you and you look at it. It's and the reason why I'm saying this, it's aired nationwide, worldwide, and it's not us owning stuff like this. Just like the Paris uh, uh, marathon, just like the Boston marathon. It's not us. So that's why I attached on the word marathon because I attached on the word marathon because now it's about us to showing what we're really about and what and where we came from and how this marathon is basically has been pre- presented by us. Yeah, got you. I understand totally. Well, definitely. Let's let's 
look up and and um, work work some magic and make some things happen. And uh, uh, I'm all about expanding and partnering and 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 building those relationships and bringing things into the city that's going to benefit the people uh, that are here. Uh, and if we can do something that connects the East Coast with the West Coast, I say let's do it. All right. Well, uh, I know Lorenzo have your information, and he can he just does. shoot me over your email, and I should show the, like the video and our structure and how we uh, do things, and you know, and then after that we try to connect uh, personally, so we can start moving and moving forward with what you're doing and what we're doing out here. Then we can advertise both cities and both states at the same time, with uh, let people know what we're doing. Okay, sounds good to me. Let's do it. All okay, right, cool. all right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Compton Politics. Y'all got me so excited over here. I feel like taking off like the spaceship right now. I don't know where I'm going to land. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to land, but I'm going to land somewhere. Like I said, I appreciate everybody calling in tonight. This has been a wonderful show. I'm not saying it's over. Uh, it is open forum. I can see we got like six callers on the line. Um, no, seven callers on the line maybe. So if somebody just want to talk about something about what's going on, what you got from this conversation tonight, uh, what you can you do to come be involved with this. Uh, we actually have a comedian on the line that's willing to become mobile and come support what we're doing. Uh, she wants to speak about something. I just met her the other day, but she's a comedian, up-and-coming comedian. I've just really been inspiring her. These are things that she needs to listen to. She needs to hear because she's brand new. You know, we have stages at these events. We have um, artists get up on stage. We have comedians get up there. We have performers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So we really enlightening somebody on this line. So it's like they say, each one, yes, each yes. one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and just basically, just, this is what Compton politics is about. You know, they think I'm from Compton. I am, but I'm from L.A. I'm from Washington and Compton together. Plus, first I'm from God, then I'm from my mama. So, all right. Uh, so if you want to just go ahead and elaborate, I know you just came in, you know, that's what you, you know, from what your first experience on this being out there, being a comedian, you're hearing these guys from East coast to West coast. That's what's just so both found about this. We're talking about bringing East coast to West coast together. And here it is. You're on here. Like I said, you just had your first engagement. What do you feel about what you're hearing as a, a young lady from South central Los Angeles? Well, um, first of all, my name is Tashana, um, a.k.a. the comedian Laffy Taffy. Um, um, okay. originally, originally from New York, uh, moved out to L.A. from Atlanta, Georgia. So I just uh, came in on some of the conversation. Um, I appreciate what you're doing, and I'm all about merging and helping out and doing state-to-state because I also – have my own company called Positive Sounds Entertainment, which is full of artists. It's a record label slash production company. And I'm all about getting together, doing some positive things with communities and merging with other people and learning as well. You're never too old to learn. I'm, I agree with that. So That's correct. just um, keep it on the up and up, you know, somebody's feeling down or something. And um, i just say a couple of words. Um, you have some sexy elbows, by the way. <laughs> they were like, what? So they were cracking up like, what did you say? You know what? I had a bad day. So you said something stupid like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then we just started conversating from there. I got a good spirit, good heart. I'm a good listener. And I'm willing to work and learn with other people and just get the job done, whatever needs to be done on a positive aspect. 
So as long as we get that done together, we can do that. And when you have that mindset right there, when you have that mindset that I'm willing to learn, I'm willing to, to grow, I'm willing to listen, when you have that mindset, success is imminent. That's how success, that's, that's what breeds success. People who are successful, they listen to other people on their way up the ladder. Yeah. Right. It's open farm, people, so if you have something to say, we're just going to respect each other when we hear somebody's voice. Uh, we can go as long as we want. We've already been on this long, so just blown away that we've been on an hour and a half already. It don't even seem like this time that went by that fast, but I'm just so enlightened on our guest tonight. And I really just wanted to thank you for calling in, Mark. You know, this is a golden time for us. Like I say, life is always about timing and about numbers. And I don't know, tonight is just was just a dynamic night, just like last week and the week before that. And I just want to thank all my guests that just been coming in. I just want to thank people for staying on and believing in my show, too. Like I said, I think, let me count. I think this is my 167th show. Um, so, you know, like I was telling people last week. It's well, just, congratulations. Congratulations! Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and this was one of these, and this was one of these same old opportunities we just talking about. I was not a radio talk host. You know what I mean? They asked me like, "Hey man, you want a radio show?" And it's like, I ain't no radio talk host. They like, "Man, you know too many people to say that." You know what I mean? So anything is possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you feel that you never did it, just go try it. It might just be your calling on something you never knew which you can do, you know, and sometimes you're right. not doing things to inspire yourself. You might be doing something that might inspire somebody in your family. You know what I mean? Okay. A lot of things that I have been doing, I'm thinking I'm just doing it for myself, but I realized that I touched somebody that saw my music video playing the drums in Africa, but they heard my story from where I came from. They're like, well, how are you playing drums? Didn't you, didn't you come from there? So everybody has, a, a, like you said, everybody has a testimony to tell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's different on how are you going to walk your journey to be able to tell your testimony, though. You've got to go through something to right. tell a testimony. Right. You know what I mean? Because I can't listen to nobody that's never been through their testimony on how they smell good and how they ate good. That's not a testimony. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so. I agree. I do agree. So, Especially if you're teaching someone else. Oh, yeah. Of course. You're sitting on somebody else's plate at the same time, too. So, um, what I want to tell Mr. Minor, Mr. Minor, um, I have a tool out here, and I've been, like, everywhere I go, it's called a proclamation. You know, a proclamation okay. is a tool that actually, well, so-called stops slavery. Um, I actually connected, me and Mark, you know, we've been, you know, we've been friends ever since way, way, way back in the day. And today we're still friends in business now. You know, we had one world and one time we have this world and another time. This is all about positive. And we was able to create a population, you know, because we believe in empowering people of all colors. You know, we, I believe in, you know, uh, the Black Lives Matter thing. But I believe that once I went to my family reunion, I realized I had everybody from every nationality at my, in my family. But we just don't come back and tell people who was in our family at our family reunion, you know. So I have a proclamation called Empowering People of Color. I have read it all over different events and stuff, and I would love to try to see if we can get this amended over in your city because it's about all the six pillars of the issues throughout everybody's community, homelessness, obesity, health, policing and community uh, uh, relations, economics, it's just six pillars, and it talks about the issue which you're talking about in your community. What I'm saying about these proclamations are they give you back the power 
to which you can really do what you do. It gives you license to operate, LTO. You know what I mean? So if you're willing, I'm willing to sit down with you, maybe send it to you, let you check it out, and maybe that's something we could do from the California, from the West Coast to the East Coast point of view and make it a national proclamation. That's what oh, it can yep. become, a, a national proclamation. I always want it to, to become a national proclamation because we need to be all across America on the same report. Regardless of whoever president, he ain't got nothing to do with us, like Mark say. Donald Trump ain't got nothing to do with us. It's up yeah. to us to develop <laughs> our community. It really is. It's about yeah. self-preservation and owning your own damn nation, not developing yeah. a, 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 a right. army of, of crazy people. We talk about over, uh, building up a mind, body, and soul of warriors of people that think alike, do alike, and want to and want and want to live alike. And that's just basically it's almost right. kind of like. It's kind of like we're going to bring the East Coast to the West Coast, but we do, we actually creating a virtual new zip code because we're so connected, and the energy is just bypassing through different cities. So from California to North Carolina, we're going through a lot of state lines, bro. Yes, That's sir. a lot of state That's a lot of states we can hit up before we get there. If y'all come this way and come to the West Coast and y'all hit up every city y'all want to, and we come in the same direction going y'all way, we're going to take up a lot of – we're going to swap a lot of stuff. Yes, sir. Can I give give him an example, uh, Lorenzo, what you mean about the proclamation? Yes, go ahead. uh, This guy's uh, example is what City Likes is about, uh, about – Taking control in our own community, taking control uh, within the politics, taking control within the uh, system in our community. When I started this, no one thought this could take place because they say, "How are you going to do it with no money?" Well, we figured out a way. With the 23 miles, we haven't paid for the streets, we didn't pay for the park, we haven't paid for anything. So, police, the sheriff, everybody participated. We brought the power back to our community. Doing this, doing uh, doing this event, and that's what we're teaching folks. That if we have a tool, let's use the tool for we for we can continue to graduate, where we continue to empower ourselves. So that's what that event is about. So we have three stages, you know, and a lot of uh, events like ours don't have three stages in one in one day. We have three. That's the health pavilion stage, the kids stage, and the main stage. You know, then you're doing all this throughout the city of L.A., throughout Compton, throughout Watts. Uh, it goes to Gardena. It goes to Eaglewood. So we control this and have not spent not a dime. So that's what, we, that's what, that, what, what Lorenzo was talking about, uh, empowering ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Taking that power back and yeah. becoming the captain once again of your own destiny. There yes, yes. Right, yes. right. No. I, think, I think I think Ms. Williams had a question. She just sent me a message. I think she had a question. Are you still on the line? Yes, I am. I'm enjoying this. Jay, I call him Jay. Uh, I know you, you stated earlier how um, on the national level that people can support financially, and we do need we do need you guys to support $5, $10, $20. It's going to help right. the campaign. But also I know because, you know, we talk daily, um, you know, we that's on the campaign with you, we talk daily throughout the day, how important it is for you to get volunteers to help in the city. I know you need people to knock on the doors, pass out flyers, go to local uh, community events. How important it is that you get volunteers. I, I know you need help. I know you need more legs. I know you need more miles. You need more hands. 
but uh but uh what is it that that we can do um that maybe somebody that's not a politician nobody maybe could be a housewife or or retiree what can they do on a volunteer basis to help the campaign well i'm glad that you i'm glad that you asked that question uh because of definitely the campaign needs we definitely need finances so you know people can definitely donate but on top of finances we do we need boots on the ground we need voices on the telephone uh we we as i said this is a local campaign but it has become a national movement so as we're moving closer to uh the general election and we start opening up our phone banking we're opening up that phone banking we have people that have that have uh signed up to volunteer to be on the phones from as far out as new york calling people locally here in North Carolina in Fayetteville, making those phone calls, getting people out to the polls. We need people who are, as you said, knocking on doors, handing out flyers, talking to people, engaging. I I can't be at every event. I try my best to get to every single event that's going on in the city. Um but I, I can't get to every event. So we need people locally who have the ability, you know, to to get out there and knock on doors and, and go to some of the events with us and, and help us to build this ground team. This is, as I said, is a movement. And in order for it to be a movement, it has to move. And so we need people that are going to help us to move this campaign forward so that we can do the things that, that we are setting out to do so that we can and 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 try to implement those things that we're seeking to implement. So we need volunteers. If people want to volunteer, they can go to the website johnminer.org and they can complete the volunteer uh, application. There's an online volunteer application. You submit your information, and we will send you. Uh, we'll contact you about volunteer opportunities. If you're not in the local area, we'll let you know about opportunities that you can where you can volunteer outside of the local area. But if you are local, then we do have some meetings coming up where we're going to be meeting with local volunteers and local grassroots organizations to bring volunteers together. Uh, you can stay informed at, at what the campaign is doing and what the campaign needs. If you go to that website, johnminer.org, uh, there's going to be a pop-up that asks you for your email address. We're not going to sell your email address, but if you put your email address in there and submit it, that allows us to keep you informed with everything that's going on with the campaign. Um, and, again, through social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, I think the only thing we don't have yet is a Snapchat, and we're working on that one now. Um, so there's so many ways that you can get involved. We need people volunteering on social media, helping us to get the word out through yeah. social media. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize yeah. the 2016 and the 2012 elections, uh, as well as uh, the 2008 elections, these elections were won using social media. Because yeah. most people today get their news from social mm -hmm. media. Most people are not yeah. turning on Channel 7 and turning on Channel 11 mm -hmm. and all these different news channels, the, especially young people. They get their news through their news feed. Yeah. So we need people who are who are say, hey, you know, I'll get on social media and push the flyers, push the banners. We ask people to contact your family, contact your friend. If you believe in this campaign and what we're doing, ask the people that you know to get involved. Ask them to give. As you said earlier, it could be $3, $5, $10. It doesn't matter. We need all the help that we can get. We are expecting victory on November 7th. That's that's yeah. our goal. We're, this yeah. 
something that we're trying out. We're not practicing. We we, we got in this thing to win on November 7th, but we're going to need the help of the people to get behind us and to push this campaign forward financially and with your gifts and your talents. Yes. All right, all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. This is Compton Politics. This is T25CO.com. Got us to talk radio. Hey, it's been a hot show tonight. Do anybody have any last words about what's going on in the community? Uh, any last words to the guests? Because we're going to shut this down. We've been on an hour. It's going to be like an hour and, man, 45 minutes. You know, we're breaking records around here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yes, I would like to say, just because I just stepped into the uh, conversation, can someone please send me the information to Positive Sounds Entertainment at gmail dot com so I can look over the information and um, read over and see what I can do to help as well. You said Positive Sounds Entertainment. Yes, that was Z. Z is in zebra, not an S. Okay. So it uh, Z at the end of sounds or at the beginning? The 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 end of sounds. Okay. I mean the end of sounds. Yeah. Entertainment. You said at gmail dot com. Yes, at gmail dot com. Probably the sounds entertainment with a spell with a Z at the end of sounds. Okay. And and send me the info so maybe I can put some things on um, social media for you as well. We would appreciate it. I promise you we would. I thank you for yeah, likewise. Yeah, likewise. When I get the information with you, when uh, Lorenzo uh, sent me that. Yes, yes. So what I do, I just make sure everybody has, you know, I just make sure everybody get connected. You know, give me a couple of you know minutes and stuff. You know, I got to break down, do my thing, but at the same time, uh, I will make sure everybody get connected. That's for sure. Okay, great. I appreciate great. that. Thank you. Oh yeah, so we're going to make this happen. This East Coast West thing got me all excited, man. It's, I got chill, yeah, yeah. you and me both. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely going to have to set up a meeting. Set up a meeting, Lorenzo. Yeah, we can make it happen. You know, this is what we. This is what I do around our next. I love bringing communities together. It's one of my pet peeves that I have about myself. I love doing this. I love bringing East Coast to West Coast together because that's what it's about. Empowering people of all colors all across the nation. Like I guess I want to just thank my guests for calling in. I appreciate you calling in. Late as it is out there. I want to thank the other guests, Ms. Wilms, for coming in, Mark calling in, the media coming in. Somebody on the line ain't saying that, but it's all good. You know, we love looking at the studio spirit. All good. Um, I just appreciate you having me. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we will be on. Man, anytime, look, any of y'all can come back anytime. Anytime you got an event, you got something going on, um, Don't feel free to call. You got a friend that needs to be interviewed. Come on now. Come give me a yeah. call. Monday's open, 7.30, worldwide. Yeah. This is really going worldwide, seriously. But at the same time, when I when the show is over, give me about an hour. You can come back and get this interview and utilize it for yourself. Okay. Just as you're listening to it right now, anywhere you go, any campaign you at, you can play this radio show live at, at your party, at your church. If you ain't got nothing to do, you don't want to play no music, just play this radio show for somebody. You feel me? Like you said, use this for your campaign. You take it, yep. edit it, and break it down and use it for a commercial. Break it down to a commercial, what you're speaking about in your community. You know, break that 30-second. You got a 60-second commercial somewhere around this hour and 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Yes, that so, is certain. Right, so let's take advantage. So just take advantage of the small things that's important first instead of the big things, and we are going to go farther 
than we are today. So um, I'm going to shut this show down. Does anybody have any last words? Because I don't want to just shut down nobody who wants to say something. I want y'all talking about me next week. <laughs> no, just just keep doing the thing. Just keep doing a great job, my brother. You know, because I I'm gonna continue to love you, my brother, and and I continue to support you. Continue to all right. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I I second that as well. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're a voice that needs to be heard. Uh, as I said earlier, I tell people all the time: use your church voice. Use your voice uh, because people are listening. You'd be surprised how many people are listening. They may not say anything but they're listening to what comes out of your mouth. And uh, someone said to me the other day, when you open your mouth, make sure you have something to say. And you definitely have something to say, and I appreciate you having me on. And I thank you, uh, uh, Septima, for for uh, connect this connection here and for everyone who's on this line tonight. I just I thank you and, and continue to pray for us as we push forward in this campaign. Uh, we're going to bring unity through diversity, and we can only do it together. So thank you. Thank you, Susan. I want to say, Lorenzo, thank you. Thank you for your support. I'm telling you, this man and God, he supports. And, and so I want, I want to thank you for your labor of love. And, and I just, I'm in agreement with what everybody has spoken, but I hear God says your better days are, 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 are right in front of you as you continue to allow him to speak through you. Uh, and, and, and one thing I like about you, you're not prejudiced. You know, it's an open form and you let people yeah. see. And we talked about the thought pattern last week. And I, so I appreciate the connection. I appreciate you allowing me to be on. And I appreciate your trust in God's people and people in general that you are allowing us to come on like you do. You know, a lot of people don't have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. But you just thank God for your generosity. You really do. Amen. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank everybody for calling. Thank you for loving my show. Remember, tune in every day, 24 hours a day. If you want to listen to this, don't listen to no KJLA. Don't listen to your whatever radio station out there at y'all town. Listen to T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. We got a 24-hour radio station. Seriously. And we play independent. So if you got any, you know, independent, if you know of any independent artists that need to get their music played and need some get the record sales, come to T25CL.com. We are actually a distribution company worldwide. You know, we have a movie online that's called United We Stand, and that movie is about us doing things in Africa, building uh, cellular panels to get cellular heat and electricity in Africa. So it's about fundraising coming together on a worldwide level. Um, I want to thank the kings and the queens out there in the, in the, in the Congo that's listening, people up in New Zealand. Singapore, uh, the Philippines. So, you know, it's people going to be listening. So it's going worldwide. It's time to follow six, T25CL.com. I'm going to end the show. I just shut down for five, four, three, two, one. I'm going to do that. Thank y'all for calling in. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I'm back. Hey, God bless. Okay.